Live from New York, it's our anime show, <laughs> Ask an Engineer. <laughs> Get into the EVA, Shinji. Um, yeah. Okay, so it's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, also known as Anime Characters. Yeah, I was playing around with one of those photo filters, and I'm like, well, I should show this off, really. This is what we look like when we go through the anime filters. My eyes should be bigger now. I don't know. Maybe they're pretty big. Mm. Uh, I got an exciting show for you tonight about one hour of the latest news and updates in the Mac Maker, Macker Hacker, Maker Hacker Engineering Software, uh, Coding, 3D Printing, uh, et cetera, et cetera, communities. Um, a lot of good stuff going on. It's just me and Phil here at the Adafruit Factory, which is why we are gonna, not I'm wearing masks and talk about that. Some people ask. And it's just like, there's a lot of content on this tonight's show, including videos, products, updates, and more. Mr. Lady Ada, please take it away. Tell them what's on yeah, tonight's on show. Yeah, on tonight's show, the code is uh, G. Uh, it's just the beginning of the word hologram. Uh, hologram. So, uh, Hollow G's code, 10% off in the Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. tonight, or uh, if I fall asleep before that, um, you probably get the code a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the updates that's going on in New York City. Um, we're going to talk about Adafruit Live series of shows, including Show & Tell. We just did the Show & Tell a few moments ago. Time Traveler, look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. We have a big Adafruit I.O. update, some videos, and more. We brought back from the mailbag, so we'll read some of your letters and more that you send to us. We have some main New York City factory footage, things that are going on around here, inside Adafruit and also out the window. 3D printing, some videos from Noah and Pedro and more. Everyone's favorite segment, IMPI with DigiKey and Adafruit. This week it's in Sirion. Got some new products. We got a bunch of top secret. We're gonna answer your questions and we're gonna do that over on Discord where we're celebrating 33,000 people. Yay. Another big milestone. We do that on adafruit.it or you can go to discord.gg slash adafruit. Join us over there. It's 24-7 hacker maker space that anyone is invited to. We have moderators. It's super fun, super safe, and uh, it's a good place. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. All right, Lady Ada. Well, first up, um, things are changing here in New York City. Um, we're talking to our team. Real time always. It's so, like hour by hour. Yeah. So, uh, you know, January was really tough. Yeah. Um, it was a year long. <laughs> and uh, basically the Omicron variant took over everywhere. Um, but today the governor announced the indoor mask or vaccine requirement is over starting tomorrow. So businesses can choose what they want to do. Our team right now, we're gonna keep wearing masks for now, but we're gonna chat together. Uh, we have the ability to make deliberate, smart decisions together. And that's the way we run here at Adafruit, so that's what we're gonna do. Um, but just so folks know what's happening in New York, um, you still have to wear a mask on like subways or certain things like state regulated healthcare locations. Um, you name it, like schools, uh, they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do with that uh, after the winter break. So good news, um, the positivity rate has been really low in New York. Uh, Adafruit's been doing really good. I'm looking forward to not having to wear a mask as well. Um, we live together and there's no one else here right now. That's why we're not wearing a mask. And uh, we also can uh, get rid of these uh, graphics with all the characters with masks on. We've been doing it for a while um, to help, um, you know, encourage it and then also just let everyone know what we've been doing. Um, other businesses have asked, like, how are you, how are you navigating all this? So, anyways, we're looking forward to it, and uh, we're thankful for all of y'all who's been supporting us over the last two plus years during this. So, looking forward to seeing some of you in person soon, too. Um, so, the code is hologg, hologg, hologg. You can hologg. 
Hold pronounce on. it any way you want. But you get free stuff at adafruit.com slash free. That's right, free stuff. We've got $99 Perma Proto half-size breadboard PCVs available. $149 or more, you'll get a free Stemma QT board. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of different sensors available. Uh, if we can get them, uh, they're available and in the in stock. You can uh, have them shipped to you for free. Uh, one different one each order if you make an account. We'll make sure you get a different one each time. $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's trackable. It's good quality. It's good shipping. Uh, yeah. Free with your order, $199 or more. Okay. Uh, we do a bunch of live shows. Probably going to even have more this year because it is time. Um, our live series of shows on... Uh, Wednesday nights, we have show and tell. We just did that, 7.30. Next week, JP's hosting, but we did it this week. And uh, watch the whole thing, um, but uh, just a couple highlights. Kevin from DigiKey stopped by, and there is a new DigiKey Hackaday 2022 calendar. Um, you'll get one if you just like watch their site. I think it's digikey.com slash calendar. Um, I think they're doing a bunch of giveaways. And then uh, Lee stopped by and talked about the Misty Awards, and those are for people that are doing really cool stuff in IoT. Uh, we're helping out. Uh, a lot of our friends are judges and more. Um, Sherry, who uh, founded our Maker Fair, Janet, who's a friend of ours, hardware engineer. Um, so uh, it's all good company and more. And so if you use a, uh, Adafruit stuff or Adafruit.io, you can nominate yourself. You can also nominate companies or people you know that are doing cool things in the IoT space. And uh, this is one of the ones that we looked into and we like this. So uh, go check it out. We'll drop a link in the chat as well. We also do Desk of Lady Ada. That was on Sunday. And Lady Ada, we have it in two parts. First part, you're showing stuff on your desk. What did you show off this week? Uh, this week, I showed off um, a demo of Whippersnapper IO. And I also showed that we uh, have been doing uh, more floppy hacking. I'm reading Mac 400K, 800K disks. We refactored um, the floppy code to use timers. I really liked doing the BitBang stuff, but we thought it could be affecting some of the Mac um, diskette reading, so we really wanted to do a better job at that. And it, you know, we're doing as good as you can now. And uh, we also uploaded uh, some images to archive.org, and you can play them in the emulator. So it's yeah, we're fun gonna, times. We also have some videos. We're going to show that videos. off. Yeah, we have a bunch of stuff. And then um, we do this segment called The Great Search. It's a lot of fun, uh, sort of, because you need to find stuff, and there's not stuff on planet Earth. So uh, this segment we do, Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to show you how to find stuff on digikey.com. What did you show to find, or how to find this week? Okay, so this week, oh, I showed how to, okay, so we've got these uh, laptop floppy uh, drives that you can't really get desktop floppy drives, but you can kind of sort of get laptop floppy drives, but they have a 26 pin, one millimeter FPC connector, and I wanted to show how to get, and you can find on digikey in stock, um, FPC cables of like any pitch and length, and I got the right ones, and uh, the matching connector that will let me prototype um, my floppy uh, interface board for the um, uh, 26 pin, one millimeter pitch laptop floppy drives. Uh, but I did get the floppy drives working, and they, they work, you know, they're smaller, but they work just fine. So okay. uh, hopefully we'll be able to stock those in the shop because those are the ones that I can actually get. All right, and uh, every single Tuesday we do JP's product pick of the week. Check out this week's highlight. Watch it live every Tuesday because you get the discount inside the product page itself. Take it away, JP. 
It is the LED arcade button one by four board. Imagine hooking up arcade buttons before this. It was a lot of wiring. You have four wires per button with these lighted buttons because you've got the switch and you've got the LED. This drives the LEDs with PWM. This reads the switches. So the Seesaw chip takes care of all the digital I.O. on this board. And then it just is receiving and sending messages back and forth to your microcontroller over Stemma QT. I have this here. This is a little button box. I've connected them up to another of these arcade button boards. And then I just have my little Stemma QT cable running there. When I press any of these buttons here, we get them to light up and the first set, those are still working as well. It is the LED arcade button one by four, Stemma QT based seesaw board that requires no soldering to hook up your lighted arcade buttons to your project. Okay, and then JP's workshop is tomorrow and uh, here's a special preview of some of the stuff JP's doing. It's kind of full circle. We had someone on the show until, not last week, but the week before and they said, oh, Phil, I saw you at uh, an event. like." 20 years ago almost, uh, Gnome Dex, I think it was, and I had a rotary cell phone. And now we're playing around with rotary phones as HID devices. And uh, a rotary phone is not a weirdo Xbox controller, folks. It's a way but that it we- it could be. It, it could be now. Um, it's a way, it was a way that we communicated with telephones. It was super weird. Um, but now you can use it as a device. So here's a quick demo that JP did. And during JP's workshop, there is CircuitPython Parsec. I normally play a snippet. This one's a little long this week, so I'm not going to play it. You can watch the highlight on any of the social media platforms, video platforms, and then you, of course, can watch it during JP's show. On Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, you can watch Deep Dive with Scott. Scott will be doing the deep dives for a little bit longer, and then it'll be Tim Foamy Guy, and you'll be able to tune in. We're going to continue it and more as t uh, Scott takes time off. Speaking of time, time travel. Speaking of time. Speaking of time, see what I did there? That um, nice. We have some things that are going on in the world of makers, hackers, arts engineers, things that we're spotlighting on our website. Right now, please, please, please check out our Black History Month section on our website. Uh, we have posts every single day and there's a lot of folks that we put in the spotlight and more have uh, today's post, Dr. Carter. Um, was one of the folks who decided to write about Black History, and that became Black History Month. If you want to, you can check out the category itself. Lots of inventors, lots of scientists, lots of engineers, lots of unsung heroes, and more. Do check that out Learn something. on our site. That's right. That's Next up. Um, we've been doing an entire retro series of stuff, so what I'm probably going to do is have a little bit of a segment in our time travel thing that we can like slice and show because some of these are worth discussing. It's interesting. And then some of them are just beautiful photos. Mm. So um, I'm going to go through these really quick. Um, this is not a CD. This is actually a laser disc of the movie Hackers from MGM. 
and this was a special widescreen edition. So you can check out those photos. There's a bunch of like interesting things on the LaserDisc itself. This is a somewhat unreleased Apple product. It was a set-top box. And this one came from, I believe, a hotel. And there's like PowerPC inside of it. Uh, it's uh, the old Apple logo. And the idea was Apple would be delivering a set-top box. Now they have Apple TV now, but this is uh, one of the OG's original gadgets that um, Apple was working on. And uh, we have the photos underneath it. There's a sticker about all the patents it has. Uh, it has a SCSI connector, like all TV set-top set boxes should. Like the old square SCSI too, like the PowerBook yeah. SCSI. And, uh, then some folks are familiar with the Apple Newton, but you might not be familiar with the clear Apple Newton. This was a special one that they only gave to developers um, back when uh, the Apple Newton came out. I think this is from this 1993. Yeah, I had one. I was an Apple Newton developer. And um, this is another one that I got after I unfortunately left one behind, but I got another one back. So this is from the collection from the Adafruit Museum here. This one we've had a few years, but we wanted to take photos of it, and we did. Apple stuff is a lot of fun to take photos of because people assume it's like some weird Apple phone that's about to come out. Um, these are Apple designed speakers. This is when everything was beige. I think this was. This is a very like beige. Like oh, these actually have like real speakers though. Yeah, the real speakers. A lot of people still have these. And then uh, this one's really neat because Microsoft just bought. Uh, Bungie, yeah. and folks were talking about, well, like, who's Sony going to buy, or who's Apple going to buy, or maybe, no, was it Sony who bought Bungie? Yeah, Sony bought Bungie. Uh, I don't remember. Microsoft bought remember. Blizzard. Yeah. So this is the uh, Pippin. This is a uh, Bandai, Bandy, Bandai, Bandai, and Apple team up, and it's a console that was only in Japan, and uh, we have one in its box here at the Adafruit Museum of Retro Technology. And a lot of the reason we post this stuff is we want folks, especially when you, a lot of people use our stuff to prototype things. And you don't have to make everything look like everything else, but sometimes you need to see um, things from the past. So one, you don't make the same mistakes, or two, you get some good ideas. And uh, as some folks noticed, they said, hey, this has a PowerPC in it. Looks kind of familiar. Even the logo looks a little familiar. So uh, we put yeah. that together. It's, got this, um, it's, it's literally the same green and pink. Yeah, it's like there's a vibe that Apple yeah. had at the time. And then uh, we took some photos of the packaging of the Quick Cam. And this is this really neat triangular packaging. This is when the first grayscale camera came out. This is a round Sony Bluetooth speaker, which is completely unusable at this time, but I will get it to work. I love that one and with then, the ears, yeah. Yeah, and then this is interesting. We're going to take some photos of it. This is just the outside of the box. On the left, it, you see here, Panasonic had these amazing radios and like round devices and for Donnie Darko fans the very end during the little music video that they have they have one of these um, but you have to be like a super fan who's seen it a billion times. That, that's like, like a pretty intense. It's really intense. But, you know, set designers and stuff love to put in like weird props they and do stuff love like that. This shit for set and, design, yeah. and this is exactly up uh, Donnie Darko's alley. And then here's Vance with this is the ASCII keyboard. Um, this is right before we uh, were taking photos of it. This is a uh, Japan only keyboard that works with the Nintendo Cube just for like one game. So you could type in a bunch of stuff. So we'll have... Um, I love like there's still, like little controller doodads on the sides. Yeah. So you have we'll, the bat metrics. It's like the, it's like the bat keyboard. We'll have a, we'll have a bunch of stuff uh, and more. So that's, that's a little bit of an overview. We'll talk about some of these things as we publish them. We do it every day on social media across all the, all the, all the places. Um, Adabox, 
We're going to be shipping March, April-ish. Uh, part shortage and supply chain and you name it has uh, delayed Adabox, but uh, we switched it to season, so it doesn't matter. We think we're going to catch this the end of the winter um, timeline. And uh, if you haven't already, sign up to be notified because we are full with the number of slots right now. So go to adabox.com and uh, we'll be shipping out soon. It is going to be a massive, amazing Adabox. That's all I can say about it. All right. Adafruit.io, we have a couple things this week. I'm going to play the video, the BME video that you did, mm -hmm. and a little update with Whippersnapper, and then we're going to talk about some of the stuff on yes. Adafruit.io. Early data, what is this? Hey, I'm testing out my Cutie Pie ESP32 S2. Um, this is the new board that we recently came out with, and I'm kind of messing with the antenna. And here I've got a BME 280. This is a barometric pressure, humidity, and temperature sensor. And we've added Whippersnapper Adafruit IO support for this plug and play sensor. So I don't have to write any code, I just plug it right in. I run the Whippersnapper firmware on it. I'm going to use this computer here. You see my Stemma Cutie Pie S2. And then I go over here to New Component. Oh, I can do an iSport C scan. I see that the device shows up. I can add the component, I scroll down, and now we've got BME 280. I select uh, all the sensor data I want. 30 seconds, I don't want altitude, and I create the component, and boom, I got data coming in. No code, instant, less than 30 seconds. All right, and we made things way too easy, we know, sorry about that, but um, this is just one of the new things that you can do where um, it just, works. You could just have the sensor yeah. and it starts logging data. We want to basically away. have a way to get sensor data into um, Adafruit IO without having to write any code or YAML or configuration, just like the data shows up um, to make it really, really easy for beginners. Um, also, you know, it's, it's a, a way of interfacing with sensors when you don't want to, you know, you just actually don't want to plot it or get it somehow. Um, and then once you have it into Adafruit.io, of course, you can you can drag the yeah. data out and um, put it elsewhere. So we have three I2C sensors supported so far and more coming. Yeah, and we have some other Adafruit.io updates. This is, this is big news because uh, we're doing a bunch right now. So uh, you can check it out on our blog. The first one is a divider block. The block is an easy way to help you organize your dashboard, break it up a little bit. The second one, which I'm, I really like, is the battery block. So yes. the battery block takes a value from 0 to 100, and it displays the percentage left in the battery icon. So that means on Adafruit IO, you can essentially have a battery monitor real time telling you what's going on. And we also have a change with the site. It's a resizable toggle switch block um, that allows you to uh, dynamically resize your blocks. So um, that's some of the stuff that we have going on. The blog post has more. Um, Adafruit IO is free for everyone, but if you start using it like a ton and you want to like run your business off of it or more, um, we have a plus account and it's only like nine bucks a month. So check that out. And thank you for all the folks that um, support it. One of the things that we decided to do was not have a startup called Adafruit IO. Um, we have the hardware that supports that. So that way you know that you're never gonna um, hear one day that, oh, Adafruit IO went out of business. Um, because or like got bought by we didn't fake it till we made it or like, like get eyeballs log me in. And, com, yeah. yeah and that also means we're not like monetizing you and all that stuff so what actually happened to um Zively? did they still around who knows man yeah, I don't know. so um adafruit io has been around for a long time we've been around forever um adafruit hardware your purchases support it but if you want to do a pro account we very much appreciate it as well especially if you're moving a lot of data um mailbag bringing it back so uh, we're bringing back the mailbag. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you Pack why. Pack it, the mailbag. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Why? 
because it was nice to get the, the weekly emails about, hey, thanks for, you know, making face masks for doctors and like COVID this and COVID that. Yeah. I kind of wanted to, I didn't want to just have that as, because there was a lot of it. And, you know, we send it to our team and everything. But So what we wanted to do is bring back mailbag, but kind of just focus now on this next chapter, which is like making stuff. Yes. And so Get it was, back to it was really nice. At. And we, you know, we spent, we devote a lot of time to that, but you know, you can, can only do so much on an electronic show. Yes. Um, so this week's mailbag is just built a wood box with the Adafruit animated eyes for my granddaughter. I want to thank the Adafruit crew for creating fun projects that I can build for, I think you meant her. I can send photos if you want. We didn't ask for photos, kids. Thanks. That was from a grandfather. Thank you. And granddaughter. What a fun project. Yeah. All right. Circuit Python time. It's Python on hardware time, Lady Ada. There's a lot going on. Oh, boy. We were just talking about this. There is a ginormous amount of projects with CircuitPython and MicroPython. So we try to cover it all. Um, one thing, uh, we, we also put in uh, Linuxy stuff because Python runs on that. We also have Blinka. Blinka and MicroPython yeah. and, and generic Python stuff and Python language stuff and sometimes other scripting languages too. Pretty much anything that I think the CircuitPython team yeah. would like, I put in there. Yeah. Um, I sent to Anne. So we have the Raspberry Pi OS 64-bit. It's out of beta. Do check that out. We hit our 33,000 members on Discord. That's where we do a lot of development of CircuitPython live. Uh, and we have our weekly meetings every single week, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, where you can tune into exactly what's getting built and made, and you can participate in it with CircuitPython. Um, we have a pull request to add split screen capabilities. Check that out if you wanted to have that on your Pi portal. Um, you can uh, play around with that now, or we'll see, it might be added. We have our 2022 wrap up. We get community feedback every single year. Scott put this together, and we have a bunch. As I mentioned before, Scott has a deep dive this week. The CircuitPython show is starting soon. Um, we did add this to the newsletter because we think this is good news. Um, basically, Intel is like, hey, we're going to do RISC V stuff. So um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Generally speaking, um, everyone agrees that we got to make chips like probably locally here in the U.S. So um, maybe this is the first step for RISC V. Um, we won't get tired of the hacker joke about like risk is cool. I mean, um, there's a lot of times now we're seeing you know um, cores that they'll have a coprocessor that's risk five for low power or low yeah. cost or you know sensor management. So like. Having an Intel core that is um, doing a lot, but then has Risk Five, like you know, one of the things we were talking about. Sorry, I was thinking about the um, the Google phone that has um, uh, like the wake up, like the voice. Wake yeah, up. the wake word. Yeah, and it's. Um, they have a little chip. That they just have a little does chip that. that just does wake word stuff. So it's like I'm thinking, like if Intel's going to get into. AI stuff, you might have like the beginning of the sensor stuff or the AI stuff being handled by the Risk Five, and then if it thinks that there's some data that needs more processing, it can wake up the main core. So uh, it actually makes a lot of sense to me um, to have like your BIOS not necessarily be part of the, the main processor. Yeah. So we'll say, you know, as always, we're interested in like having full USB support so we can do sort of Python stuff. Um, yeah. We've done coprocessor stuff where we have um, like a SAMD. And then we have an ESP32. So it'd be nice to kind of have something for makers and for people building stuff. Um, they could learn a lot from uh, Raspberry Pi Foundation, who did the RP2040. That's right. It's so. their own core. Anywho. I mean, it's um, So we put that in there. Uh, this is Project of the Week. We talked about this on the show and tell. So you Got can a live check demo. that out in a live demo of Wordle on a clue. And you can get clues 
on the clue for your Wordle on the clue. Mm. Uh, upgrade your CircuitPython version on the Raspberry Pi Pico without access to the boot cell button. And uh, this was kind of a neat Daft Punk project. Um, this is the word clock that plays the words of the time um, over on NYC Resistor. And a whole bunch of stuff. The newsletter is gigantic. Please sign up, Adafruit Daily. Um, I have one video that I want to show. This is uh, the PyLeap video, and then I'm going to show one last thing. So PyLeap is our new app. You can check it out in the App Store. Uh, this is a video that Trevor made, and then I have one thing, and then we'll move on to the next segment. Hey, this is Trevor, and I'm here to show you our new PyLeap update. We are currently in the process of adding the uh, Adafruit Clue NRF52A40 to our PyLeap app. Um, so right here, I have two products ready to go. I have a NeoPixel rainbow animation and I have a blink animation. So let's try them out really quickly. So right here we have our project card and we'll send over our project bundle. All right, and just like that, we have uh, rainbows and let's try out the blink animation. There you have it. It's blinking purple and pink. Right, and also we made it so that you can check out the learn guide for that specific demo within the app. All right, well, we'll have more updates coming soon. Thank you, see you soon. Okay, and then if you go to circuitpython.org slash downloads, you will see we have 277 boards. There's so many boards so that many. have been added that I didn't get a chance to show this cool graphic that we made because we're like, hey, we've just past 256, so. That's cool, because it's like, you know, more than OX5, OXFF. The problem is that we like blew past it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good news. Um, and then last up, we have a um, special section on Adafruit that's uh, kind of in this, it's not, a, it's not well known yet, but it will be soon, we think. Um, and uh, you can go to it and see some socks. So these are nice, Freaking techie socks, <laughs> and uh, it's we're poking fun at NFTs a little bit because. Uh, but we also like socks. So yeah, so we added these. So these are DigiKey socks. These are floppy socks. These are uh, Red Hat from the podcast Command Line Heroes, uh, Hackster socks, Python socks with uh, VS Code, um, Gamer socks, with a little bit of cursing. Sorry, uh, Red Hat socks. And then uh, bite me floppy Another socks. Another set of floppy socks. Yeah, and I'll and I'll show some of these socks later on in, in the show. But um, you know, if we're gonna get accused of doing NFTs, we don't. Um, we're at least gonna have a gallery of uh, fun things with socks. Nice so, floppy socks. Yeah, we're gonna do that. And uh, if you want, you can get the newsletter. Just go to adafruitdaily.com, sign up. We don't spam you or do anything like that. And that is Python on hardware news this week. Thank you, Blinka. Okay, uh, we're an open source hardware company. To prove it, we certify our hardware, and da -da 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 we hit 500. Not only do we hit 500, but we hit 500 first. So we are the number one certified open source hardware company in the world. Um, and so uh, that is interesting to us, and maybe you. And only us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and our customers and community. Um, but it's a weird thing to do uh, and to know because uh, we were late to certifying our hardware because we were making so much hardware. 
And so uh, Eva, who has been working on this for the last two years, uh, and uh, the folks at Oshawa who made the API that made it easy for us to certify our hardware. So what does this mean? What does it um, mean? What does this mean? And I guess the best way to say this is sometimes companies say they're doing open source and doing open source hardware, but they're actually not. And there is one way to know for sure. There is a certification. There is a agreed upon definition now. And basically you put your file somewhere, you put your code somewhere, you put the files under a license, you put your code under a license, that's open source. The end uh, has to be available. And so we did that at least 500 times. So what does that mean? If a meteor hits Adafruit, uh, don't worry, the, the code and the hardware is always out there, but the best thing is we're watching people build and build and build on top of all the stuff we released. The um, CircuitPython boards, there's over 250. Most of those boards are not from Adafruit. They're built often using the schematics and they use the code and they use the board files and they respin and they make their own versions. Um, there's thousands of different feathers out there now. Um, it's because you know you, you get more than you uh, you give uh, when you when you when you put it out in the world, and so uh, that's why we decided to do it. We're always told this that how could you do that? Aren't you worried about counterfeits? No, it, that's not a problem. And people people keep saying that um, it it isn't it isn't a business issue. Um, Apple has counterfeit problems, and they're closed source, so that's that's not ever the that's not ever the reason it, that you're going to have a problem. It's annoying, maybe. But um, anyways, thanks, Eva, for this. And uh, if you want to check it out, go to oshawa.org, check out certifications, type Adafruit, and you can see all 500. On top of that, we have 2,621 boards. Lady Ada, what is on the big board this week? Okay, new guide. We've got an updated guide. Carter updated the Raspberry Pi care and troubleshooting. We actually have a bit of a conundrum. Maybe people from the community can figure out why folks who install Octoprint seem to be bricking their pies more than like any other group. Like every time somebody's like, hey, my pie doesn't work at all and doesn't boot. It's always like, I just tried to install Octoprint and it's like, does not make any sense to us. But mm. uh, it could also be a red herring. But if anyone here mm. has any idea what it could be, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to figure it out. But um, maybe this is something somebody knows. I'm not part of the Octoprint community. Yeah. So that's an updated okay. guide. Other guides? Other guides. We had some new guides. Uh, Isaac wrote up how to program uh, Circuit Playground uh, wirelessly and Circuit, uh, basically Circuit Python Bluefruit capable boards. Uh, if it has a Nordic NRF52840 in it, uh, we can program it wirelessly uh, thanks to Glider. Um, so check out that guide. It's step by step. It's very easy, um, and we support Circuit Python. Uh, sorry, Circuit, Circuit Playground Bluefruit and the Clue board at least. Uh, we've also got the three-button foot switch, um, which is like a DIY open source foot switch with three switches in it, and we'll have a little video to go with that. Uh, Eva put together a Gherkin. She's working through all of the different kind of um, keyboard boards that we could build with a KB2040. Uh, she shows a Gherkin 30% here. Um, it's, just, it's good enough to play Wordle. <laughs> I don't know if it has a space bar <laughs> or a turn key. Um, but these are adorable little keyboards, um, and yeah, they're like three by 12, I think. There's three by 10. And then uh, JP did the rotary dial keypad, which is um, you know, learning how to interface with a rotary dial on a phone in a way that uh, you can rebuild it. You know, you're not taking anything apart and breaking it. You can always put it back together. And then um, using it to emit HID keypad signals. Uh, so you can use it as a very slow uh, data entry for numbers. All right. And uh, before I do the next segment, which is the Made in New York City factory footage, you know what's kind of cool? Because 
the United States right now is like, we need factories, we need people to make stuff. Like every couple of years, it's like a thing. Oh yeah, hey, so, factory, so what's neat? What's neat is we don't have to um, make a website that says, let's make stuff in the US, let's make, let's make stuff here in, in New York. We actually do, and we have this segment that we do every single week. So uh, if folks want to see what it's like to manufacture in the USA, Boy, do we got something for you. So here's the latest factory the footage. The next few minutes are great. Yeah, you're going to love this. And uh, here is a nice uh, sunny day outside our front window. Oh, um, look, it's the sky. This is the um, Disney headquarters across the street. So um, as seen on the Mandalorian Book of Bubba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they hide the Mandalorians. Fett, yeah. All right. Yeah. 3D printing. Okay, we got two cool videos we're gonna show. The first one is the USB foot switch, and then the second one is a speed up. So we'll play those back to back, and we will see you on the other side. Hey, what's up, folks? In this video, we're making a USB foot switch with CircuitPython. 
we were inspired to make a new foot switch, which could be really nice for young folks and even animals. For tasks that require both hands, we think using your feet can really help you do tasks much quicker. We designed and 3D printed a three button foot pedal that snap fits together. This project can be powered by either an Adafruit Cutie Pie RP2040 or the Kiwi 2040. CircuitPython makes USB HDD projects really easy to put together. You can customize the key codes and set up different keyboard shortcuts or media controls like play, pause, and volume. The demo code is easily customizable for beginners, and there's lots of example projects to get you started. With CircuitPython, you can quickly iterate your code and easily make changes on any computer with USB and a text editor. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. The build features a swappable PCB mount, so you can choose which microcontroller you want to use for your setup. The board snap fits into the PCB mount and stays secured without any hardware or adhesives. Be sure to check out the guide on the Adafruit Learning System for a full tutorial on building this project. A micro switch is secured to a bracket using two long screws and gets panel mounted to the main base of the foot switch enclosure. We use quick connect cables so it's easy to plug into the terminals on the micro switches. The wires are soldered to the pins on the microcontroller. The board is inserted into the PCB mount at an angle with the corners fitting under these clips. The mount is then secured to the main base using hardware screws with all of the connections made. You can add additional 3.5mm TRS jacks for compatible AT switches like the ones from AT Makers. The top covers can then be installed to the built-in hinges on the base. There's nubbins on the sides of the covers that are press-fitted into the dimples on the hinges. The micro switch features a bump actuator so it works really nicely without the need of any additional springs. We think having the ability to add AT switches is a really nice feature and folks can customize the design to add more. Additional rubber feet will make it grip to any hard surface and they just stick to the bottom of the case. We hope this inspires you to try out CircuitPython for your next USB controller project. Thanks so much for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. you can join 3d hangouts every single wednesday at 11 a.m lady ada it is time are you ready yes just today my okay i on mpi this week brought to you by digikey and adafruit is from sincereon lady ada what is 
the INMPN this week. Okay, we're back with another Sincerian one. Um, this just popped up on the digikey.com slash new page. And I do love a good Sincerion sensor. We've featured them a lot. Um, but ever since like, you know, the SHT10, these people have been like rocking out. They've been coming out with one great product after the other. Um, and this week is no different. It's part of a new series. It's the first of the Sen 5X. It's the Sen 54. Um, it looks just like, you know, a particulate sensor. And you might be like, hey, you know, is this just another PM25 sensor? There are so many of those. And I'm like, yes, it does have a particulate sensor, but also has other sensors um, available. So this is the eval board version. There's, there's basically two, two versions, one with the cables, one without. So the Sen uh, 54 or the Sen 5X series, um, it's kind of a four in one. It is a particulate sensor, but it also has a temperature and humidity sensor built in, which most particulate sensors don't have. And on top of that, it also has VOC and um, there's one model that has an NOx sensor as well. So two gas sensors, humidity and temperature, which is kind of nice. It's like all in one. Um, it's got uh, all the different data signals because there's multiple PM signals. There could be multiple VOC signals. Uh, humidity and temperature. Um, and it all comes out of one I squared C or UART port for very uh, quick calibration and uh, usage. Um, and I just love that it's like this little box, you have a cable, you plug it in and it's like kind of all of your sensing is taken care of. Um, and you're all sensing the same air at the same time. So that's, that's also kind of a nicety um, with this all-in-one uh, sensor platform. Um, so there's a few of these. Uh, the Sen 50 and the Sen 55 don't exist quite yet. The Sen 54 is what is currently available. Uh, that doesn't have the NOx sensor, but it does have the VOx. Uh, sorry, the VOC, the um, volatile organic compound sensor, and has the particulate matter and temperature and humidity. So just FYI, there's a family. We're only covering the Sen 54. Um, you know, inside there's a little processor that handles uh, all these readings. There's a laser particulate sensor. Um, there is the gas sensor is um, an SGP uh, 31 or 41. Can't remember the exact part number. Um, and sorry, the SGP. Yeah, the SGP 41 is the gas sensor. The SHT 30 um, is the temperature humidity sensor or I could have those numbers reversed. Either way, basically they took existing Sincerian sensors and um, popped them into the body. And um, I can actually show that real fast on the overhead. Um, let me just autofocus here. So in this body, you can kind of see, this is, I took it apart so you can see the laser here. Um, and then over here, if you look very carefully, you can see this little white dot. That's the SGP30 and that's the SHT uh, 40 or 41 and then this is the laser sensor and then if you look also really carefully you can see like a little shiny square here um, that's the particular um, sensor that looks for the reflections off of the uh, the laser to, to count and detect particles okay so that's just a, a quick aside yeah. to show how it's put together so it's, it's in one box um, you know, it's all, it's not fully enclosed. Of course, there's a fan that'll pull air in, but you can kind of put it at the outlet of a box um, that you have protected so you can have air come in and then it gets ejected out the side. Um, and, you know, there's no like O-ring, but there's a little bit of, you know, semi-sealing. Like it's not going to, whatever air comes in isn't necessarily going to get your whole uh, sensor dusty. Um, it's just going to be that the channel in, in the center there. There's also um, 3D modeling files that you can use if you want to uh, model how this would fit into your um, you know, HVAC system or your home uh, air quality monitor or, or other indoor air quality monitoring. 
You will need a cable to connect to the sensor. Um, there is uh, power and ground that you need, so that's five volt power. That's pretty usual for particulate sensors because there's a fan. Uh, it's a five volt fan. And there's two data lines. The data lines can be either I squared C data and clock, or they can be UART, RX, and TX. And you actually get to pick because the fifth wire is um, the interface selection. You pull ground for uh, I squared C and pull high for um, UART. I only used I squared C to be honest, but um, UART I'm imagining has very similar data output as most PM 2.5 sensors that kind of blast out once a second, uh, you know, all the PM data encoded in this um, uh, CRC uh, binary hex data. Um, there is lots of library code for this, which is really nice. So I was able to get this up and running very quickly because uh, they wrote um, Arduino, Raspberry Pi, and you know generic embedded, um, you know for whatever STM or, or NXP chip drivers, and um, they just kind of work. So you don't have to bring up the boards and sensors by writing all that code yourself. They do have libraries and example codes ready to go, which is quite nice. Um, there's even a BLE uh, gadget library example, which I thought was really cool because um, it uses an ESP32, and then you just load the example sketch onto your ESP32 wire up to the main I2C port, uh, and you've got this, um, you know, you can use their app to read the sensor data. So let's go quickly to the overhead again, and I can show it. So this is the sensor. Now, I'm not going to get proper readings, of course, because I've opened this up, and so, like, it thinks that there's, like, all this particular matter, and so just because there's no, um, the light is, is being, uh, you know, messed up here a little bit. The laser's uh, got stuff in between it. Um, but you do see um, up here humidity 19%, temperature 27 degrees, VOC 68. And if I breathe on it, it turns pink. Yeah, you'll see uh, the humidity no, starts going up quite a bit, and the temperature is going to cool a bit, and also uh, probably uh, the PM 2.5. The PM 2.5, by the way, is going to be all all messed up because it's uh, it's exposed. Um, but it, you know, it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice all-in-one sensor. I mean, it's it's convenient for if you need to have your humidity and temperature and VOC. You know, you want to do air quality measurements, but you don't want to expose the entire body of your electronics. Like this kind of gives you this channel of exposure that is you know sort of separated from the rest of the electronics. Um, and you know, like I said, why there isn't uh, a um, O-ring necessarily, it's going to give you better ceiling than you'd probably do yourself while still exposing um, the air channel, which is, you know, from, from the fan here, you know, air comes in through this channel and then gets ejected out. So, okay. uh, you know, all in one, very convenient. And it uh, uses the sensors you know and love, the SHT40 and the SGP30 and their particular sensor um, ready to go. You just need a cable, plug it in, and uh, you can use their Arduino or um, available on DigiKey. We have uh, have a link in the chat, and then also you can check out the short URL and the product number right there. And there's also the eval kit that comes with cables, and you can uh, buy it. There's a lot in is, stock, which actually. is a great uh, feature of products now. Yes, being able to buy them. So pick one up, and that is Ion MPI this week. Ion MPI. Okay, uh, let's do the code. Uh, yep. It's hollow G. And uh, don't forget, we have a bunch of free stuff you can fill your cart up with and more. Um, but don't pay full price. Get 10% off. Let's do new products. Yeah. New, 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 new. All right. 
Uh, first up. Okay, we got some RFID blocking cards. Uh, you like these? We saw these in a hacker box, and I was like, "Yeah, we can get these." You know, packs of ten. We have vertical and horizontal style. This is the vertical style, so it slides in. It's got this cool hologram effect. This is the horizontal side. It slides from the side. They both work yeah. the same. They block RFID. They block um, NFC. This, or you can get with that. You can go with this. Or you can go with that. I say if you can get rainbows on things, do it. I but do look I at understand the some people don't want the rainbows. Okay. They do come in a pack of 10. It's inexpensive enough that it wasn't like we don't want to sell individual because of the packaging. That yeah. would be annoying. Um, can you give them away? You know, uh, it's handy if you um, want to shield. Also, you know, what could be good is if you want to keep your, um, if you have like two access cards and you want to keep one from triggering yep. so like they don't conflict. Uh, this is another side effect of these. But okay. um, yeah, RFID blockers, great for privacy and security. Or maybe if you want to like practice, uh, also if you have, you're building wireless stuff and you want to practice what happens if there's no signal. Yeah. This is like a little mini Faraday cage. Works just as well. Next up. Next up, uh, 34 pin, two by 17 IDC connectors. Uh, these are well known to me because they are used in Shugart 34 pin floppy drives. Uh, yeah. So I'm doing more floppy stuff and I'm going to need these connectors. So I thought I'd get them into the shop. Um, if you're doing floppy stuff or something that just uses a 34 pin IDC, you're going to want these. They're, uh, you know, you can solder them into a perf board. Um, you can use them with our IDC helpers and use them in a breadboard. They'll, the IDC helper thingy will kind of spread the pins apart. Next up, we've got the smallest LED matrix possible. Oh, yeah, uh, here's a quarter for comparison. So this because is a. It could be any size. M2. No, it could I know. be the size of a football field. It could be. Enormous. It could also be the size of like you know, kind of like a human hand. Uh, you want to show this? Uh, yeah, let me show it on the, on the overhead, overhead. Or do you want to show no, it? No overheads because it's not that big. All right. Oh wow, look at this. Okay, so this is. Wait, let me set, wait, let me set this up. Uh, so this is the um, LED demo. So this is 64 by 64 pixels. Um, I think it's. I don't know, like six inches or so, maybe five five inches on each side. This is the finest pitch you can get. I can't get them any smaller than this. Uh, so M2, two millimeter pitch. Um, we're thinking of making an LED cube out of this, but uh, if you just want a very yeah. small, but very high resolution uh, display, um, it works with the matrix portal, of course. Uh, I just plug into the side here. Or um, any other board. It's basically just yeah. like any other Hub 75, maybe but uh, just small. hold it up here, because I have this like zoom in. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, and then like tilt it's it. It's like smaller than my face. Yeah, and this is very bright lights too, so just to give you an idea of yeah. what it looks like. Okay, wanna keep going? Yes. All right, next up, more wireless okay. stuff. Okay, we've got the wireless LEDs. Hold on, let yeah. me get my demo set up. One second. There's been a lot of, I'll, I'll show like each one. So there's been a lot of folks that are using this for model making, they put them inside things. Cosplay. Um, cosplay. It is just super neat, and we have a bunch of different colors. Um, okay. the, uh, the, yes. the photos of them with them off, of course, all look very similar. So right. I kind of just did that. And so then, there, there are two sizes. These are the smaller size, and I don't remember the exact measurements offhand, but they are in the technical specs. Um, and they work with either the large or uh, small ring, uh, just for the demo here. Yeah, this is cool. So when we QA these to make sure they're the right ones in the bags, yeah. we don't have to take them out of the bags. I know, it is kind of nice. So these are the yellows, and you know, they work about you know, six inches away. The greens, the yellows are kind of the dimmest, I'll say. The greens and the blues and the whites yeah. are, are, well, that's are a big old field. Brighter too, LEDs. So. Um, so these are like the small LEDs. 
small LEDs. And then these are the big ones. I do want to compare the two sizes so people see them. I think the larger ones, I might also get the packs of the larger ones. Um, but I'll say that, you know, they're just, you're, they're larger, they're tougher to fit into a small model. So depending on what you're using. So these are the small and large ones. They are a little bit different size. Um, they're both, uh, looks like 222, which is what, uh, 2.2 micro Henry's probably. Um, sounds about right, but this one is just, uh, you know, a, just a bigger um, inductive coil, so we'll probably just pick up a little bit more current. That's it, they're the same brightness. Looks like the uh, the larger ones will pick up the signal for a little bit. Yeah, little bit I, had more. A, um, I had some clear uh, building blocks, not Lego, not Lego, yeah. not Lego, that I put them in and filmed, it was kind of cool. So that's a really good use of them. You can okay. make glowing building blocks. So this is a good example. So yeah, so the larger ones, you can go, like the small ones can go like maybe six inches and the large ones can go maybe like 12 inches away. So um, we'll get the large ones as well, but the small ones, you know, if you're just building a smaller model um, and you don't care about having it work, you know, 10, 12 inches away from the coil, yeah. so these like, are good. Here's something fun. You know, you can put one of these. But yeah, these fit into. Yeah, you can put one of these inside. The Lego. A, uh, no, it's not a Lego. Sorry, the bricks. It's, it's, it's not a Lego. The bricks compatible bricks. So every time, yeah, the Lego, they, they don't, they email us and I'm like. No, I, see, the large one doesn't fit. Yeah, this one, well, you can put it in, the, you can put it on the side. You can put it. Maybe. You know, like, yeah. Doesn't. Yeah, anyways. But this one fits in, in both yeah. brick. So it's cool. Brick slots. Yeah, and look at that. Isn't that cool? Okay, so now Let's you've go. got bricks and then you can even put it in the, uh, in the side slot of the bricks. Yeah. Okay, so now we know. Basically, if you're doing brick stuff, you want the the tiny ones. Yeah. So, anyways. So there you go. They're cool. These are neat. Brick dots. Okay, we learned a lot about bricks today. Okay, and when you go on the website, um, all different colors. All different colors. Okay. Great. Next up, start the show. Besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our customers, our team is this. Uh, this is a LCD ten-digit display with I squared C, which makes it so handy. If you want to add like a calculator-like display that's daylight readable to your project, um, this is by um, I've, now I've forgotten the name of the uh, lab. Hold on, it's on the back of the board. It's something labs. It's Turing Complete. Turing labs. Complete Labs. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say like Twisted Labs. Uh, Turing Complete Labs. So this is a um, you know it's, it's a calculator display. You can see it's got the digits. It's got like the memory and and uh, erase. Uh, symbols and the negative sign. It's also got the commas that you can use if you want to um, uh, have long digits that have comma separators, um, not just decimals. And it's got an I squared C driver chip. So you see here, it's I'm not like individually toggling all those segments and pins because there's a lot of them. It's a pain. Instead, we use uh, this I squared C chip underneath. So let me grab my. What do you want to show? I'm gonna I'm gonna show a live demo by unplugging okay. my matrix portal. All right. Lots of activity going on I know, here. There's, the a, lot of, there's a lot of live here. demos this week. All right, lots of stuff going on here, folks. Okay, plug this in. Okay, so, yeah. So you can see, and it's very readable, so there's no backlight, just FYI. So watch out for that. So not good for night reading unless you want to add a separate light on top. But for daylight, you know, it's going to read just fine because uh, these are a very high contrast. Um, and you get all the digits and you play with them, and then you can chain other I2C devices. Uh, so it's a very convenient way to add, um, you know, daylight readable numeric, large numeric digits to your okay. 10 segment digits to your project. And, and there's an Arduino library that, that you can use. That is 
new products this week. Okay, uh, don't forget, if you're buying any of this stuff, use the code HOLLOWG on the way out on checkout. Um, let's do questions, and then we're going to do top secret. Yeah, I just dropped um, one of these LEDs. By questions, I mean we'll do top secret, then we'll do questions. Okay. So um, if you want, put your questions up on Discord. i got a couple of them ready to go, but let's, uh, let's hit some top secret. Hit it. Okay, so for top secret, um, we're going to do a couple of videos. Actually, three or f we got a, we got a few videos. Yeah. So as you're lining up questions, um, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to them right after this. So here's the first one. Um, this first one is a TFT sample that we just got. Really, data. What is this? Hey, I am testing out um, the small little NTSC display. Uh, you give it five volts power, and then you give it NTSC in. Uh, and what's a better NTSC generator than a Raspberry Pi Zero? We just solder it to these two wires here. I don't know if people remember this, but the Pi One at least had a TV uh, spot. So black and yellow wire to RCA, and then I'm just testing it out by um, displaying uh, some graphics on here uh, using the command line and uh, color and saturation look really good. So um, this is a little bit of a revision. This little button lets it flip around. Just testing everything is working great. Uh, so this revision will be in the store shortly. Next up, if you like these long cats, um, you're really gonna we like do. you're really gonna like these uh, stem connectors that we got. The long. Early data. What is this? Uh, I'm testing two things at once because that's what engineers do, right? Like why test one thing at a time? So first, I'm testing out this new Feather Huzzah ESP32 Feather. V2 with a uh, Pico module, which has eight megabytes of flash and two megabytes of PSRAM. So it's an upgrade to our very popular uh, Feather ESP. And I'm also testing these really nice Stemma QT cables uh, that are extra long. I got this uh, like 200, 300, and 400 millimeter long cables for Stemma QT. And here's the cool thing. Uh, we saw this neat tweet that referenced having the data lines interleave with the power lines to reduce crosstalk. So uh, we tried that out for these um, nice, um, you know, uh, PVC covered cables. And uh, so far these work really great. And then they're quite nice cables. So we'll have these in the store soon. Okay, then we have three updates on the floppy stuff that we're doing. So if some of the folks are asking floppy questions, these videos might help you. We're gonna play one after the other after the other. Don't worry, they're only a minute each. So see you on the other side. Really, what is this? These are my floppy socks, and these are some Mac 400K, 800K, and another 400K uh, floppy disk. So, back in my floppy game, and you know, we've got the Windows diskettes all working really great. You know, those are all good uh, MFM floppies. But, you know, the real challenge is the DCR uh, 400K and 800K Macintosh floppies, because I'm a Mac girl. So, um, Working a little bit on uh, changing the timing of how we read flux pulses, I actually replaced everything with um, a capture peripheral. Phil B helped a lot with that. Uh, so we're doing capture peripheral and PWM waveform generation for flux pulses so we can get um, better precision and also just like better handle long pulses. Um, it seems to help a little bit with improving uh, reading the Mac GCR uh, fluxes. So you can see I'm reading a clean 400K floppy here. All those sectors working out. Really, data, what is this? 
Hello. Well, you know, we're still doing some floppy stuff. We're getting back into it. And a lot of people are always asking me, why don't you just use a USB floppy drive? And the answer is uh, you can't when it has this little board attached. But if you replace that board with this super duper floppy flooper, you can convert this 26 pin cable that's on a laptop floppy disk, which is what is in a USB floppy drive to your standard 34 pin shoe guard. So you could use it, say, with your grease weasel. Please support Emma Bear and pick up a grease weasel if you want to do floppy hacking. And then um, here's the board and I'm testing it with Flux Engine and it works great. So this is cool because this is another source of, um, you know, brand new old stock floppy disk drives that you can get and it will work with your standard 34 pin connector when you use the flooper. All right, later. what is this? I am making millions with Tom Snyder. This is a very early 1984 Mac, uh, Mac Plus, you know, Mac 512K um, video game. It comes on a 400K floppy, and I've got 400K floppies reading quite nicely now on um, Flux Engine with my hardware. So I grabbed a flux of this, uh, generated a, a DSK, which is a standard file type, uploaded to Internet Archive, and I set up all these flags, which means up here, uh, you can click emulate it and it will actually load PCEJS. You can see my monitor is very dusty. Um, but this will load the uh, game diskette and then you can actually play the game in your browser. And it was like a surprisingly well graphics made game for 1984. Um, so do check it out. It's uh, under Internet Archive under make-millions-tom-snyder. And uh, what's cool about this, we were, we were checking this out. It's like a full-on like Magic Cap OS inside it's, of it. It's actually like a surprisingly good game from 19... This guy was very, really, yeah. very talented. Um, he did a lot of other stuff until uh, his company was purchased by and then killed off by Scholastic. Um, yeah, we, you know, it's a funny side story on this. Yeah. So we're reading the Wikipedia page and Scholastic bought this company and the... Uh, PR person, Kyle Good, is the person I talked to when I was dealing with Scholastic when Scholastic accidentally took a Maker product and uh, from a Maker and made their own version and said they didn't, but they did. And I got and I, I was helping out Evil Mad Scientist Laboratories with this Bristlebot thing and that same guy, because you remember a person's name. If you're in PR and your last name's Good, that's in, like literally G O O D. No, that was just what's so funny. I was like, it, it's him again. It, it, like they're like the best PR. They had the yeah. best PR people in the world. Um, anyways, so that's a little bit of a, a look at that. And then um, I also have those socks I was talking about nice um, socks. in the in the section of our website. And then the new ones that just came in. New socks are uh, these. Let's put these on the overhead. Okay, give me the socks. Nice, freaking technical socks. Look, you always wanted Oracle socks, oh, didn't God. you? Oh <laughs> God. These are directly from. Uh, Larry Ellison. Yeah, that's yeah. his socks. Don't ask for his feet Only available are, in large size. Okay, and that's uh, top secret. Okay. Um, I was banged to these questions. Yeah, we got some questions, and we got some answers, too. Yeah. So let's uh, let's do some questions later. Let's do and it. And we're going to get out of here. I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to answer this one really fast because it's just an easy one. I don't know what the product uses system means because it says this product uses system. I think it was their own internal like. No, it's because thing. it's a it's a boot floppy. It has the it has the system file embedded in it. So yeah, you, but I don't know. You, can, you don't have to swap the floppy. You can boot from that floppy. And that's their own thing that they made. No, no, no. That's made. For, it's distributed from Apple. Oh, I thought system was that like interface that they. No, made. system is ah. system. That's the Finder. Ah, okay. No, it has a, it has a built in. You can boot from it, which is pretty cool, because you know it's like it's built into it. Okay. You don't need a separate boot disk. All right, lady in nose. Okay. Right? I think it's, it's been a while, but. Question inspired by the factory footage. What controls were the selective solder machine selectively solder? In other words, when you're doing a whole board, why don't they create solder bridges all over the place? Um, you program it. There's a little CAD program that it comes with, and you map out using the underneath camera where okay. it should go. Uh, what do you think is a good, cheap, smart watt sensor? Well, I mean, the, if you're just, you, you just want to measure, uh, you know, current and, and voltage, I, I like the INA219, which we stock. Um, it can measure voltage of current, then you just multiply them and you get watts. Okay, so folks are trying to troubleshoot that uh, OctoPrint thing. Uh, is the pro do you think the problem is due to the SD card wear or something else going on? No, I mean, like, they literally get a Raspberry Pi. The first thing they do is install OctoPi, and then they're like, my board doesn't work. It's just weird. It okay. just doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's like Octo people who are trying to install OctoPrint on their Pis are the ones that are coming to us and saying, my Pi does not boot at all. Yeah, and it's like, Raspberry Pis usually work, so it's quite weird. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about producing a 5.25-inch FDC that mounts as a drive in Windows? Well, uh, our Adafruit Floppy example does do that, so you can um, use it as a, one of the examples I did was showing how you use a five and a quarter drive as a USB key, a very large one. Okay. But you can do it. Um, so the uh, calculator display, I wanted to confirm it's both 3.3 volts and 5 volts. Yes, safe. there's a logic level shifter in there. There's, it's a, yeah. as a regulator. You can okay. even sort of see the regulator from the side. All right, uh, next up. Can Adafruit sell a 3.2-inch ribbon cable screen without touch as I'm not using touch for a project I'm making, and I think $30 even for the touch version is a bit much, and a 6-axis joystick like on the PS3. Um, well, the touch screen isn't much. The reason screen prices are ridiculous right now is because TFT and chips used in TFTs uh, basically just shot up in price. They tripled in price basically overnight. And uh, so it might be a couple weeks or months until the prices come back down to earth. But the touch screen is not what's so expensive on that. Yeah. Um, next up, are you planning to set up a museum or partner with some uh, one? NYC is great for museums already. Yeah. So here's the thing. I have a collection of like all the Arduinos, like the very beginning early ones. I have the Lady Ada collection of kits and electronics. Then we have a bunch of like retro hardware. So I think what we'll do is we'll at first have it here at Adafruit and then I'll probably find a place for it so more people can see it because obviously we're not going to have, you know, tons of tours or the public, but that would be ideal. Um, I think one day the DIY electronics world uh, will be interesting enough for it to be in a museum. But right now, you know, you could still use a lot of this stuff. So it's not maybe ready for a museum, but I have like the weird like red Arduino that there was only like a few of. And I have like, yeah. you're very, I have the first invoice from Adafruit and I have, you know, all of the electronics that you made. And we have the Zox box and we have PCBs of the wave bubble. Yeah. Um, you know, I think these are national treasures, but you know, whatever. Um, next up, how is the ESP32 Cutie Pie coming along? Thank you for the ESP32 S2. I created a pull request to add board support on platform IO. I hope that helps. Thank you for the pull request. Um, the ESP32, uh, Pico, Cutie Pie, it, PCBs have been ordered and they're just being made. It just it just takes two to three weeks to get because it's a four layer board. Uh, so the PCBs aren't as fast. Usually if I get two layer boards, I get them made in like a week or two, but four layer boards take two to three weeks instead. Okay. Uh, next up, 
Um, cut that one. Uh, is there a mountable mini HDMI male to full-size HDMI female cable looking for one to integrate ports into a case for a Raspberry Pi and NAS project? I don't know a panel mount adapter okay. cable like that. We do have a couple panel mount things, but I don't remember. Whatever we've got is what we got. For MTO, Retro Hardware, do you need more? I have some gear that needs a good home. Um, just email PT at adafruit.com and I'll let you know if it's something that um, we're looking for. Right now, we have some themes because we have to take photos and like it's New York, so we don't have a ton of space. So maybe we would say hang on to it and then Send it to us when we're ready to take photos of it, um, or if it's something that fits in. But yeah, drop me a note. Uh, question, is there more information about the Adafruit Museum? Any place to view online? Yeah. So I'm going to drop a link to our Flickr photo set. Here's the thing. If you ever want to see what's going on in Adafruit, like our Flickr, we put everything there because it's photo storage. You can kind of see what we're about to publish, either as new products sometimes, or even some of the things that we have, photos that we're publishing for um, all this retro stuff. So check that out. Um, have you read Apple II C64 floppies? C64 we've done because you can read those. Uh, they're MFM, so you can just read them on, I think they're MFM. Ooh, now I can't remember. Um, but they're, they're, they're at least single speed. Uh, they're triangular um, pulses, but they're single speed. Uh, sorry, triangular sectors, but they're single speed. And we've successfully read them. And Jeffrey even came up with a tool chain collection of tools you can use to create uh, G64 files. So you yeah. can run Chipper them in emulator. In yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, I don't remember the C64. Apple II is a little tougher. Um, I, we think that you may have to use an Apple II drive. Um, we're also looking at whether you could somehow use an off-the-shelf non-Apple II drive um, to talk to Apple II floppies, because we're, we're kind of bonkers like that. Okay, uh, looks like this is the last question of the night. Uh, is there Arduino ID support for ESP32 S3 yet? No, but it's not my problem. That's um, Espresso's problem. Go ask them. Okay. <laughs> They're working on it. All right. And uh, you can keep hanging out. Adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 33,000 of us. Congratulations, everyone. Thank You're making you. a good community with a ton of folks. Um, that's our show for tonight, everyone. Don't forget the code is G. Thank you, everyone. In particular, thank you to the community, the customers, everyone who's helping out, all the moderators on... Uh, Discord. Uh, special thanks to Jesse May, who's uh, one of the leads in Adafruit Community Support Publishing, who's behind the scenes in our Slack channel, answering customers and questions and more and taking care of stuff. I think that is everything. Um, a couple questions came in at the last second. No any websites for rumors of new boards? Yeah, Adafruit, we post some rumors of new boards sometimes. Um, you can also check out our Discord. Um, but I don't know where there's more industry gossip because uh, there's a chip shortage. So there yeah, ain't a lot tough. of chatting on there's the, C there's on the TMZ. Tech. They're pretty good. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, uh, thank you everyone so much for supporting us during the last couple years and more. Don't forget to use the code. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Next week, JP's doing show and tell. We're doing Ask an Engineer. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe, everyone. This has been an Adafruit production. Thanks, everybody. Here's your moment of Zener.